Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Luis Duque, a bridge engineer at Foothills Bridge Company and host of the podcast called Engineering Our Future. He's also a member of numerous national committees on leadership, business practices, and international work from the Structural Engineering Institute of ASCE. He's very active in the ASCE community, that's American Society of Civil Engineers. He serves as a mentor for other young engineers, among other responsibilities. In this episode, we'll be talking about the importance of establishing a creative outlet outside of engineering and how entrepreneurship and volunteering can help you advance in your career. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, and I help engineers with leadership and career coaching to create meaningful careers and lives. And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, I just want to mention that this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So I would now like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Washington State University. Washington State University's Engineering and Technology Management Master's Degree program is a perfect balance of technical and managerial education that helps prepare practicing engineers for managing projects, people, and organizational systems. As one former student noted, the knowledge that I gained from the ETM program helped me become a more competent, confident engineer and manager. The program greatly impacted my career and has been a key element in my continued success. You can learn more about the engineering management profession and program at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Now let's jump right in. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of the episode. Today, I'm so excited to be talking with Luis Duque. Luis, so great to be with you today. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So we've talked a few times. For those who don't know you, in your own words, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about you and what it is that you do on a daily basis? My name is Luis Duque. I'm originally from Colombia, moved here to the United States. A few years ago to college. Now I work as a bridge engineer in Colorado doing like dismantling of bridges and bridge repairs, so like the temporary size of like bridge design, which is quite interesting. I just have worked on a variety of projects that really challenge my engineering mindset and my engineering knowledge, which is always really interesting. I'm also very passionate about just volunteering with the ACE, the American Society of Civil Engineers, the Structural Engineers of ACE and Engineers Without Borders. And a variety of comedies with EW. We traveled to Bolivia, we traveled to Puerto Rico, within Colorado as well. So it's a really fulfilling volunteering aspect that I really enjoy and probably will continue to do for many, many years. And in addition to that, I have my own podcast, Engineering Our Future, the blog and the website where we're basically just helping other young engineers or their students succeed in their careers and, and help them become leaders. So a lot of things that take a lot of my time was the family in there, love to travel and everything. So I'm just excited to share all that knowledge here with you. So as an engineer, you, like many engineers, busy person and, and engineers are doing lots of interesting things. But we also hope that our work life and the things that we just do in our careers don't take over everything in our personal lives. Like you said, you've got family and other responsibilities as well. So what do you think engineers can do to also pursue a creative outlet outside of perhaps their main career? 
I think one of the main things is just understanding what that's going to be. Is that going to be volunteering? Is that going to be starting a blog? Is that going to be starting a YouTube channel, a podcast, whatever it is, and making sure you are really passionate about that because it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of long nights, a lot of long hours working on that passion project. And when you really identify what that is going to be like, for me, it was the podcast. I really wanted to share all this content in a way that seemed conversational. I'm sure you probably listen to a lot of podcasts as well. It's just very casual. We just bring guests and talk about it. And once you identify that, I think you need to look into the systems that are going to support that passion project. I've talked about this with many people and the amount of time that I spend on the podcast hasn't really increased since I started almost a year ago, but I've just became more efficient. I create a system that support that passion, that support the amount of time I'm putting into it, even if the total amount of hours hasn't really increased, the amount of output has slowly increased as those systems become better. So making sure you are both passionate about it, create the systems, as well as uh, just keeping in mind Parkinson's law. Like you can feel if you have five hours to write an essay, you're going to take five hours to write that essay. If you only have one hour, that's the amount of time you're going to take to write that essay. So as you probably noticed, like the more free time you have, the more you feel it with just unnecessary things. So put the amount of hours, just set a block of two hours, maybe each evening and just work intensively in those things for during that time. That has helped me with volunteering, with having family, with having a job. The time kind of shrinks, but the output kind of stays the same as I become more efficient and create those systems that help me do all the things that I do. That's great. So you're recognizing the importance of systems, which maybe we've got some engineers who all that they do professionally is about creating systems or optimizing processes and things like that. Some people work a lot on that. You've engaged in volunteering and the podcast and other things personally for a number of different reasons. Like, why do you think it's actually important for engineers to work on creative projects and really work on this creative thinking aspect? I think as engineers, we obviously need to be good at math. We obviously need to understand the technical of anything we do. It doesn't matter your discipline, but there's always a phase within most projects that we do where we brainstorm, we are creating ideas, we come with creative solutions to problems. And I think that creative mindset comes into play basically early on in that stage when you have basically a big problem, you have to design a bridge, you have to design a building, whatever it is, whatever your profession is, you need to come up with a creative solution to solve that problem. Early on in every project and a lot of times during the project and after the project, we're always thinking about like creative solutions to solve a problem. Once we have that creative solution, then we put the mindset of engineer, we crank the calcs, make sure it actually works, and we deliver the product. So it's not like you need to have either a creative mindset of a, or an engineer mindset. You need to combine the two to provide the client with the best product possible. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about the importance of the creative mindset. And I don't know if any engineers had the same experience I did, where when I was growing up and going through school and things, some of the math and science stuff, it was a little bit easier for me naturally. And so I gravitated towards those things. But I got to where I really relied on the fact that in some of those subjects in school and other things, that there was always a right answer. And any of the more creative subjects, writing, art, and other things where there was more of a subjective lens to it, like it was not always right or wrong that people bringing in their own personal judgments. I didn't like that. And I even actively started avoiding those things. Looking back in hindsight, 
I did a lot to suppress a lot of those creative juices. And I wish that I hadn't done that, that I would have worked on cultivating those things along with the analytical things that, that I was naturally good at, because I recognize now just how important some of those other creative skills could have been for even more success in the engineering field. And so I don't know if you had a similar experience as well, or have talked to other engineers who have dealt with that. My experience was exactly the same. Like I didn't want to go into the arts because of the aspect of it. I wanted to find an answer and find the right number at the end of an equation. But I think once you get in the profession and once you start working in the real world, you start facing the similar challenges. In my case, I keep going back to structural engineers because since that's what I do. When you are, let's say, designing a bridge, does it make sense to be a girder bridge, a suspension bridge, a arch? Like there's different options and it's very subjective to what you want. It's not like a, an arch bridge would always work in certain scenarios, but you need to have that creative mindset to solve a specific challenge that maybe the terrain has or the client, the aesthetics, all of that stuff comes into play, which is where that creative mindset at the beginning of the project is super important. And then once you decide what type of bridge you're designing and building ultimately, then you put that engineering mindset into play and then you find what we love, the right answer, the final number in that equation that is going to give us the final product at the end of the day. So it's a combination of both. And it's kind of hard to be an engineer and not have a little bit of creativity when you're trying to solve those problems. You're talking about kind of that engineering or scientific mindset and balancing that with creative mindset. And maybe that scientific side of us is maybe a little bit more natural generally for engineers, which is part of why we got into engineering. But how do you think we relate and connect and combine those two mindsets effectively so we can build maybe both sides of the brain if you want to look at, at it that way? Or how would you talk about that? I think as, especially for younger engineers, we typically use that engineering scientific mindset a lot when we're starting. Usually we're either given a problem and then we solve it without really having a lot to say in that first brainstorming aspect of the project. But also, even when you are thinking about those creative solutions, you need to start thinking, is this really going to work once I put the numbers behind it? Because there is no point of designing a beam or a structure or something that you know by instinct, by experience, that is not going to work once you actually get to the numbers behind it. So again, every project I think uses that both the creative mindset at the beginning, the scientific mindset at the end. And as young engineers, we obviously are mostly just given a task and say, solve this problem. That scientific mindset, the curiosity, the having an open mind, skepticism and, and humility, it needs to be present in everything we do. Sometimes engineers are setting their ways and say, this is the only way to do this design. But you give that same problem to someone else, it's going to find another five ways to solve the same problem. So keeping an open mind, being skeptical about a way of designing something seems a little iffy. And then once you start designing and actually putting the numbers behind it, you find that doesn't really work. So looking at a more holistic approach, I think is super important for engineers. I just want to take a quick break here and once again, recognize our sponsor for this podcast episode, Washington State University. The Engineering and Technology Management Program at Washington State University is a systematic approach to professional development for practicing engineers to shift from fully technical positions into leading technical employees and systems. A fully online master's degree program, students take classes at night and often implement class lessons in their positions at work 
before the next class. Learn more about a master's degree in engineering and technology management at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. And you brought in another word that I think is really important for engineers is that of humility. I think engineers can sometimes have this like, hey, I'm the engineer, I'm the expert, I have all the answers. And when people push on something, for one reason or another, they can get pretty defensive about that in some cases. And so just that importance of that humility, having that open mind to different perspectives, whether that's from clients or other stakeholders or from our boss or other peers in our work or other people, so that we can bring all that together and in the end, recognize that all of us are trying to reach the same goal, create the, the best possible products of high quality or safety, depending on what type of engineering you're a part of so that you can deliver the, the best result, right? So I really love that you brought up humility there as you were talking about that and balancing scientific and creative mindsets as well. As engineers, we like to be right. Like we put a lot of work into a design. It's basically like our baby, the project that we carry from the beginning to the end. So when someone tells us that we're wrong, it's kind of hard to accept that. So we need to be humble. We need to, it's nice to have different perspectives and, and understand where that other person is coming from. Maybe they did find a mistake uh, that have caused a bridge to fall down and we just overlook something. So just having that humility and, and that open mind to understand that we are humans. We also make mistakes. And that's why a project is never just one engineer working on that problem and taking it all the way. There's other engineers supporting the team. There are check engineers. Uh, the reviewers. So having that humility, I think is super important for engineers and something we need to practice more, obviously. Luis, I want to also go back to some of your work and time that you spend outside of your main role as a structural engineer. Talk about volunteering and entrepreneurship just a little bit. For engineers out there who are considering taking on a side project or getting into volunteering or maybe starting a side business, how do you think that can actually help them in, in their careers and beyond? Starting volunteering when I was in college was probably one of the best experiences I have ever done, just because I was able to practice some of the things that I wasn't really being taught in class. Say I was part of Engineers Without Borders. We traveled to Bolivia. We were installing PVC pipe chlorinators to purify water, uh, building slow sand centration filters doing all these different structures that are not very common design in the United States, but it was challenging my mindset. We, was, we were writing reports for submittal to EWB National. We were working as a team. We were traveling to a different country. I was leading this team. The last year I was part of the group. I was basically practicing all of these different skills that a job that you get after school doesn't really teach you. So that was kind of one of the things I really enjoyed about that experience as a volunteer. And then obviously that translated into becoming more active after, after I graduated with American Society of Civil Engineers, with SEI, and become more involved with EWB. Beyond that, I think the experience of just networking with other people, reaching out to engineers that are maybe 10, 15 years ahead in your career, learning some of their mistakes, learning some of their experience and applying that to your job is something that you don't really get when you're just sitting at office doing calculations all day. In terms of like my side business in general future, there's not really like a direct lesson in terms of like technical knowledge, but I think just working by myself, having to be basically my own boss and deciding what needs to be done next, what's more important task 
that needs to happen next so I can keep producing the podcast, keep posting blogs on the website, keep helping students and reaching more young engineers. It's something that you don't really get when you are a technical worker starting your career. So there's always a lot of benefits. It's never really the technical side, like how to design a structure or something, but it's those supporting skills that ultimately is going to help you five, 10 years down the road when you get promoted, when you maybe start your own business, when you are doing other things beyond just doing calculations. And I hear a lot of those soft skills you're building, you talk about networking and mentorship that you're getting from more senior engineers, learning from them and their experiences, which could help you. You never know when those relationships can be helpful. And then also what I heard is you were leading teams and building those leadership skills that uh, even if early in your career, you're not a formal leader or manager, that ability to move through projects either on your own or with a group in a volunteer setting can be hugely helpful when you have those experiences later on down the line and bring those experiences to bear. Like I said, beyond just like being able to run whatever calculations, that's fabulous that you've been able to do some of that and highly recommend looking for those activities and projects and things for young engineers, especially, but all of us, no matter where we're at. So that's something to add to that. I think what you said, it was super important in terms of like networking, like especially with like volunteering in engineering organizations like AC, like I've met a lot of engineers in the area that I have both just enjoyed fun times going out for a drink or for dinner or something, as well as I know there is an open position at a certain company and I know they are looking for a job, then we can network and connect and find them that next job. Uh, we have spent time just putting together events, just growing closer as friends, ultimately as engineers in Denver, and we are finding opportunities for each other. So I think that's something that comes like a, as a byproduct of everything, volunteering and with the podcast, with the guests, I've connected with you through that and with many other engineers. That's a, a byproduct that it's not quantifiable. You cannot really measure the impact you're, you're doing, finding those new connections. But somewhere down the road, you're going to find that you're going to need an electrical engineer, a mechanic engineer, another civil engineer to ask a specific problem you're facing during your career. And now you have that network you can tap into and just reach out without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars or hours uh, looking on the internet or finding new connections or something. You're growing that network to be kind of foolproof uh, down the road in the future. We've talked about getting involved in side projects and volunteering. Looking a little bit more broadly, like what do you think is the role of engineers today that can really help our society through some of the innovations and creativity, things that we've talked about to solve some of the problems that we have here in the world and in our society? Yeah, I think engineers in general are just innovators by nature. Like we take a problem that is conceptualized in our brains and put it out and build skyscrapers, bridges, basically piece of art that a lot of people use every single day. So we're always in that field. Beyond that, I think what let's say ASE is doing with Future World Vision, it's super interesting trying to see how the world is changing in the next 50, 100 years. What is the role of engineers today? What are the, some of the technological tools that we have right now that are going to help us solve the bigger problems with climate change, with growing population, finding the answers to those like bigger questions that are coming in the next 50, 100 years. So as engineers, we play an important role in society in terms of helping others live an easier life, I think, as well as looking out for the future and making sure that the needs of this population, the needs of these people are met and we are basically vouching for the welfare of the of society. 
Luis, this has been a fun conversation so far. Just as we kind of wrap up this main segment of this uh, episode, do you have a final piece of advice that you would give to any engineers listening out there? I think the most important part, especially as young engineers, is just like reach out, find other people in your network. Uh, even if you are just starting your first year out of college, go on LinkedIn, connect with new people, go on other social media platforms and, and reach out to other engineers, other professionals, even if they're not directly in the same field. I think that's super important. Again, growing the network and seeing, trying to kind of foolproof the future of your career, making sure you're meeting new people creating new concepts and just adding more knowledge. I think the other piece is just volunteering. I think we talked a lot about that here in this episode and, and all these skills, all the knowledge that comes from that, that's is super important. And the last thing is actually what something you and I talked a little bit a little while ago is working on planning for the day, learning and keeping track of a lot of these things that happen, especially early in your career. There's a lot of changes happening as you come out of school transitioning to a full-time job. And the most important part is just reflecting on those lessons, making sure you are taking those notes, sitting down, grab a piece of paper, just write down what you learned today and what you're going to be working on the next day. And basically revisit those frequently to just find patterns and also just understand where your career is going, making sure you're making progress and, and ultimately just analyze what is happening around you and making sure you're moving towards your goals. So at this point, we're going to transition into our Take Action Today segment of the show, where we'll get one more final piece of actionable advice from Luis about how you can upgrade your career. Now I would like to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, ASME, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers. They serve a wide-ranging engineering community through quality learning, the development of codes and standards, certifications, research, conferences, publications, government relations, and other forms of outreach. Becoming a member and joining the ASME community is the most important connection a current or future mechanical engineer can make. Members can engage with various ASME sections and technical divisions led by ASME volunteers. ASME members get access to a variety of career resources to help you throughout your career, whether you're just out of school or an already seasoned professional. Search for rewarding engineering jobs on ASME's Career Center or focus on your professional development by participating in live webinars on key topics. Don't miss your chance to advance your career, enhance your professional network, and find your next ME opportunity by checking out ASME on www.asme.org. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Lewis, we've had a fun conversation today. What's the final piece of advice that you would give to an engineer who maybe wants to try putting themselves out there, trying something new to accelerate their career, share something they're passionate about? The best thing to do and something that I failed to do for probably a couple of years after I graduated is to share more of what you are doing, share more of like your career as an engineer. Obviously, you may think that this is not interesting for others, but I personally find it fascinating when I go on YouTube and say like day in the life of a civil engineer or a mechanic engineer. I think those are super interesting, but something that it's easy that doesn't require much effort is just writing a piece of content on LinkedIn or any social media. Uh, if you have a website, I think that's another great way to put it out there. Just write about like what some of the things you're doing at work that are interesting. Where do you see your career going? And maybe something that in terms of like creating a more creative outlet in, in your career would be interesting to see. 
if you're really passionate about, you can create a video, tag us, and make sure to share it on social media so we can see it. And we'll just be interested to hear all the creative things you're doing. Luis, thanks so much for a great conversation. You've shared some great things that uh, our engineering listeners can take away from today. If people want to learn more about you or connect with your podcast or other things, where would you point them to? Best way is the website, luisfelipeduque.com. I have the podcast, the blog, and all the information. I have some amazing tools and resources for students and engineers to grab. They're completely free and I don't charge for most of this stuff. And follow me on social media and LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm pretty active at luisdukepe. Thanks again for a great conversation. Wish you uh, nothing but the best as you keep moving forward. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a, a fun conversation. I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars also at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling and need help taking the next career step, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.